Hey everybody, it's Andy. If you're enjoying what we do on Potheads and Read, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite place to listen to our podcast. Five stars will go a long way. Thanks, y'all. You guys. What's up? I've just, I like have some stress and some anxiety. In a week and a half, I have my finals week for this trimester of school, and I've kind of been slacking because I've been gone for two weeks. You've been on that family vacay. You're going to have to catch up. Yeah. You know, some stress there. Some anxiety. Dude, I don't know what's been going on with me. I've been having, like, fights in my head of conversations that I'm never going to have. And I've just been, I'm like, so non I've just completely shut down. I literally. I just did the look on your face. No, I mean, but it's true though. Like, I have just completely shut down. Like, last week I was off on Sunday and Sheila and I were going to try to record and I knew it wasn't going to work. And I had friends messaging me to go out. And I was like, oh, I think I still might be recording. We have to figure out about the internet. And I just literally shut down. And I, like. You're in survival, man. I, like, just, like, stared forward, like, in my house. Like, just shut down. Like, I've been just doing that. Like, shutting down. Like, not wanting to talk to people. Right. You know, I wish that there was something or we were taught about how to to deal with our anxiety when we were kids and teenagers and young adults. I almost wish we would have just been told like what different symptoms of anxiety there were. Right. Same. Same. I feel like I find out stuff all the time. One thing that I can say is that for children now, there's a great series by Asaf Rosanes. And the one I'm going to read today is tomorrow is near, but today is here. I don't know why I said it that way, but the rest of it I couldn't count down with my fingers. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. If y'all could have just seen that, I was like going between five and four and three and four and five. Was, <laughs> I can't count down, though. It's a lot of pressure to do the countdown. I don't like to do it. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Y'all don't like it when I do it because I'll be like, you do like crazy zoom in, like let's get pumped part. Like yeah. yeah. We do some fun stuff on the Oh camera. my gosh. Okay everyone, welcome to Training. Oh my gosh, I think we kinda got that. The closest we've ever been. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Andy's always like <laughs> a whole like second behind Potheads and Training. I was like, oh it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Yeah, so welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, it's been, this is summer. This is July 31st, actually. Happy birthday, Harry! Happy woo! birthday, Jacob Bowling! Jacob wish. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, I, can't, I can't yet. Give me an hour and I'll make a wish. 
Make a wish. It's only 10-11 where I'm at. It's 11-11, make a wish. Yep. Um, I know, like, and it's actually, like, I know we've been texting a lot between the three of us, and we're, like, yeah. in our group chat, like, daily, but I have to say I've missed you guys, because I feel like we haven't talked in a long time. It, it's been, like, almost a month, like, three okay. weeks at least. We like three- can't go this long without we talking. Well, we're going to be doing it a lot this week, so. I know, but- <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's it's summer for us. This won't come out till September. No, October. Yeah. October. Oh shoot. Yeah. This one's Probably in October. Well, wow. because I've never yours been is ahead. We're 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 trying to be ahead this time. <laughs> we're gonna try. This is this is the plan. Um. But yeah. So I just got back from Wyoming from two weeks. Just had my 20-year reunion that I planned that caused a lot of stress and anxiety for me. It caused us stress and anxiety, and I wasn't I'm even sorry. part of it. I'm sorry that it no. caused you anxiety. Okay. Not like that. I'm just saying I felt stressed <laughs> for you. Thank you. It was <laughs> empathetic. It was empathetic, empathetic stress. But it all it all turned out great and everybody loved it and she so like, now, gets to plan the next one too <laughs> i've been hired so performance punishment yeah so um, which is fine now that i now that i know what the hell i'm doing i got this that's the important thing i think that's i think that was the big thing is like i wasn't sure what i was doing and some other things i got done now i don't have to worry about them again now I just have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, just, we just got it. I just know what I'm going to do. But the best part, and I have to tell the story because it's absolutely hilarious. My best friend since, like, second grade, she came with her husband. And on f- Friday night, we had a mixer with the other high school, which is our rival high school. And... um. We had green name tags for my high school, Kelly Walsh, and we had orange name tags for the rival high school, NC, and Jackie Natrona came in. Natrona County. Natrona County. My husband went there. It's a horrible school. Dick Cheney went there. Dick Cheney went there. <laughs> claim to fame. Claim to fame. It, it truly is. That's what they claim for everything. But um, Jackie goes in and writes her name down on the green name tag right away. And her husband picks up a pen or a marker and is about to write his name on the orange one. And she's like, no, you can't do it on the orange. That's the other school. And he, he didn't know this, obviously. And I, I go, no, 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 Ben, Ben, Ben. You have to do the orange one. And I want you, your mission for tonight is to infiltrate NC and be like, hey, I'm Ben from Sophomore English, remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ben is my hero now because he really was, like, going up to people and, like, NC people and be like, hey, it's nice to see you again. And, like, people had no idea. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And, um... Sunday night, he added, went to NCHS for high school because that's how you make things official now is Facebook official. Yeah. And his goal <laughs> is to now be invited to the 30-year reunion. 
<laughs> but it, I'm just like, it was like my, one of my favorite parts of the weekend that he was able to, um, or he did what I asked. Because he, he didn't have to. And he played along and he made us all <laughs> laugh and we all loved it. He's a really great guy. So, Jackie, you did good, girl. How about you guys? So funny. How was your July? I found a meme that perfectly described my 4th of July. Mm. And it was a picture of Forrest Gump with a Bubba Gump hat on. Mm-hmm. And it literally said, I'm looking on Facebook and I'm seeing everybody on vacation and all I'm doing is sitting here going to work. That's all my month was. <laughs> you should come visit me in August or September or whenever. I mean, I sure definitely have to her. Just come visit me. I'll I'm make supposed you happy. to, I, according to your husband and you, I'm supposed to come for Dash's birthday. You're not allowed to do them without me anymore. That's true. He really did appreciate you coming for <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric was like, next year Josie has to be here. She, <laughs> she has to come. It needs all three of us. <laughs> it needs all three of us. Um, I mean, this last weekend I did go up to Milwaukee. Tori and I, for Leslie's birthday in March, bought her a ticket and, like, a weekend getaway for her birthday, mm-hmm. which it was, the whole idea was to go see the Cubs play the Brewers um, and go to a new ballpark that we've never been to. So we did do that. We went up to Milwaukee for um, one night, but it was it was a quick trip, but it was really good. We got to all see baseball, which all three of us love. We got to go to the casino, which I appreciate i can have fun at casinos leslie loves casinos Mm -hmm. um and then the next day we went to the art museum which i love and tori really likes and enjoys and leslie leslie's quote of the trip for that was um yeah i like art (laughs) (laughs) which actually really really funny the highlight of the whole trip was we got into or not the whole trip like the whole art thing was like two incidences where we started off in contemporary art um with how the museum is set up which if you guys are ever in milwaukee go to the art museum it's really great they have i don't know if it's for a limited time or if they're gonna have them but they have a whole exhibit of george o'keefe's which are amazing right you get to see you get to see a lot of her like still art and landscape and not just any, uh, her flowers um, they have a early Picasso before he got into like superhumanism and stuff like that. They had a lot of like really mm-hmm. great, great pieces. Oh, they had a, a Lichtenstein, which I loved. Really? I haven't, I haven't seen theirs. I missed the exhibit when it was at the Art Institute here. We went into this contemporary wing, and there's this huge, like takes up an entire wall, all red painting, and. Leslie looks at it and she was like, really, I could have painted this. And I was like, but you didn't. And she's like, yeah, but it's not like it's hard. And just to kind of explain it, like, there's two really giant squares that I have this like, um, you know, like the ceiling popcorn effect. It has like that kind of texture and it's all red in these two huge squares. And then down the middle of it, it has this line that is also red and one's matted. And then there's another thinner line over it that's glossy. And then you have those same lines along the bottom. And so it looks like these two really textured squares just can't touch because there's these lines that are always in the way. Mm -hmm. And Leslie's like, I just don't even get this. And Tori was like, I mean, 
like you can appreciate it, but I don't know if I really get it either. And I was like, but that's what's so great about contemporary art is that it literally is like up for so much debate and like interpretation and nobody's wrong because it's art and it's your own interpretation. Right. And I was like, look at it really close. So I made both of them like walk really close up to it. I'm like, look at all the texture of these big squares. I'm like, they literally can't cross over. Everything is cut off. And I was like, but then you see the brush strokes of like this, the lines. And I was like, you actually get to see their art. And I was like, now step away from it. And I pulled both of them farther back. And I was like, now look at it. And I was like, you still see the texture, but you don't see as much detail. And I was like, it's so many things. It could be two cells trying to mesh in together. It could be two things that are always just like so close, but can never touch. And I was like, it's always like just this thing, like whatever, you know? And they were like, okay. And Tori just looks at Leslie and was like, you know, she went to school for art. (laughs) And we were all three just laughing. And then we walked like a couple more feet and there was this huge rectangle that was like leaning against the wall and it was fiberglass and it was just a solid blue. And Leslie was like, okay, what about this then? And Tori, before I could even say anything was like, you might've had us on the red, but I'm with Leslie on this one. just like okay fine I was like it's like it's really more about the medium that they use and stuff like that and I was like but I was like okay fine I'll give you this so we're all just like laughing well then we got into like the European stuff and we went upstairs to the second level and they had those like the sitting benches and like the sitting couches and stuff like that to sit and look at the art and Mm -hmm. Leslie sat on one of the chairs and she's like what you're just supposed to sit here and stare at the art and I was like yeah (laughs) and she was like oh (laughs) she was like but why would somebody do that and I was like I used to do that all the time at the art institute when I went to school like really close by and she's like but what are you supposed to do out of it and I was like you're just supposed to study the art and see how it makes you feel and I was like it doesn't have to be anything major it can just be anything and we ended up finding this it was um called waterfall in Norway Mm -hmm. very realistic huge painting and there's these two little tiny fish fishermen on like this cliff side and I was just like Leslie if you can sit here for 10 minutes and look at this painting and observe it and see what emotion you get out of it I will pay you ten dollars no looking at your phone no closing your eyes no comments just look at it and see what you get out of it and she was like fine so she sat down and after like five minutes I'm like Leslie open your eyes (laughs) you can't close your eyes I was like you have to look at it and so like I sat next to her and she was like what are you supposed to get out of this and she's I was like well what's it make you think what's it make you feel and she was like I don't know and I'm like Leslie it can literally be anything I was like, look at the greens and the whites and the yellows of the waterfall and how they just miss the way the artist uses those. It's so bright. It's so focal. And I was like, and then you have like all the pinks and the blues out after like behind it where they just kind of flow in together with the mist. I'm like, I was like, that's amazing. Like detail. And like, we just talked about it a little bit longer. And then she was like, I don't know. She's like, what do you get out of it? And I was like, well, for me, I look at this and I'm like, man, look at those two little fishermen. And I was like, this is like, there's so many places in this world where you are literally just this small ant where these things are just cascading around you. And I was like, it's just a reminder to me that one, there's all these beautiful places on earth that I've never seen. And 
it's just amazing and it's so vast and it's like no matter what you believe in whatever your beliefs are we are just these small creatures in this infinite universe in this infinite world and it's just so gorgeous and beautiful and it just makes you put things in perspective of like what your everyday life is and leslie just looks at me and she's like i just don't think i'm that deep And I was like, well, to be fair, make them a little too deep. And she's like, you really are. You really take it to that level. But the, I mean, honestly, the payout of all of it was like a couple rooms later, she walked up to this other painting and it was gorgeous. It was like a lake in like Yosemite Park. And she, I saw her taking a picture of it and she was like, just look at the colors in here. And she's like, look, it just like, doesn't this just look peaceful? And I was like, yay, that's exactly what she it is. And I just told her too, like when I was like, we were talking about like deep or whatever. I'm like, Leslie, honestly, it can just be anything. I'm like, you don't have to explain it. I'm like, if it just makes you happy, it makes you happy. And I was telling her and Tori about how I went into the, this one little room of like, the shop when Andy and I were shopping one time, like with art and I found this like room in a little corner and I bought this little piece and it was like this lady just sitting there and they were like, why did this guy stop me asking why I picked that piece? And I'm like, I don't know. It just makes me happy. It just just makes me happy. And so I'm like, that's sometimes that's all art is. is It Mm -hmm. just makes you happy. And so it was really fun for like, Tori and I are really into that stuff. And so it was really fun to see Leslie get a little bit more into it because she's never... Um, been like super exposed to it and so she was like I've heard the art institute's really good maybe we should go and I'm like yeah let's do it like I think it's really good for her that's good what about you Andy I don't feel like I have any crazy stories um work was good (laughs) I went to the beach with family you did get a, you were, he was like an hour and a half away from me and we didn't get to see each other. I know. I'm really surprised. I was sad. Well, I was getting ready to leave and I know. I don't think from what you guys have told me that his family wanted to share him with me and a cute little boy either. So, well, it was more along <laughs> the lines of, it was like, there were a lot of plans mm-hmm. like, in some aspects, but then it was also like. Our family was kind of like ebbing and flowing through the week. So mm. it's kind of hard to figure out what was going on. Yeah. But I mean, it was nice. It was nice to relaxing. I kind of enjoyed my fourth. It wasn't with anyone for those. Who and that's are. okay. I made a face of excitement. <laughs> but no, I actually kind of spent it with my neighbors, which was interesting because it was the first time our rooftop deck was open for oh. July 4th. So I was sitting up there. I got to watch the fireworks on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And so like every little neighborhood around the way was going off with fireworks, the fireworks downtown, all of that. I enjoyed it. That's good. That sounds like fun. That's the best. Yeah. We, I've done that in Chicago for um, the last few years where we've been up on a rooftop and it's amazing. You literally mm-hmm. get like a three hour firework show. Yeah. There's a blue <laughs> festival or something coming up this weekend. Mm. that I'm thinking about going. I've never actually been to a hot air balloon festival, so... You should go. It's fun. I haven't either. I want I want to go to one. I would love to go to the one in New Mexico. We There was a little one in my hometown when uh, my son and I were back home, and they just had, like, they would light them or fill them up, and then, um, like, you could watch them just sit there. Um, they, and then they would do, like, the next morning, like, at 6 a.m., they would, like, 
fill them up and float it across town or whatever. We, it was so funny because we just went to like what they call the uh, balloon glow is what they called it. So it was like evening. And so when the, mm-hmm. the fire was going on the inside, it, the, the balloon would glow. Oh, that's um, cool. And, but he was like, mom, do we get a ride one? Are we going to ride one? I'm like, no, we have to like make reservations. And I didn't know this was happening. So <laughs> not this time, kid. Would I do it or would he do it? Would you do it? Uh, maybe someday. I may make that like a special birthday present or, you know what I mean? Like a special special event thing for us. Because I think those are pretty pricey. If I understand air balloon flying. Yeah, I think so. My One of my friends from Columbia College here in Chicago, she actually grew up in like Evanston in the Chicagoland area and oh, she yeah, lives yeah. out in Jackson Wyo- Jackson Hole now and she uh-huh. actually has a balloon company. Oh. They do hot air balloons over the Grand Tetons and that would be pretty Grand awesome. Tetons. Yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. Some of her pictures she gets are amazing. I bet. Well, kids. All um, right. Should we ready go for on to trivia? Trivia? Yeah. Are you going to roll the dice? Yes. So Josie has ten. Andy has four. four. Woo! Okay. You ready? So I can roll the dice so you guys don't Wait, have to who's pick. Who's going first? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. Andy went first last time. Oh, I I'll think you're first. right. Okay, Josie will go first. I'm like, I don't remember. I should probably keep that purple. All right. That Whoa. is the dark arts. Uh oh. Who kills Professor Dumbledore? <gasps> Professor Snape. That's right. <laughs> and he's like, really? He's the second cousin of this yeah. never been mentioned. What before. is the primary color of this <laughs> one stitch that was used when Harry did this? <laughs> Poor you guys, I wish you could have seen his face. He was so bad. Okay, green. He had like his eye roll as soon as he heard the question. <laughs> okay. Animals and magic creatures, that's what green is, okay? Yeah. I think you can I think you can do this one. Oh wait. Yeah. So does you can he do this so early. What is the name of the black family house elf? Dobby, isn't it? No, the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I grumpy, don't know. The grumpy old man one. Oh, I can wait. I can see the scene in my head. Oh, I can describe everything about the scene from the movie, but that portion. Would it help if we told you it starts with a K? No. Oh. Josie. Creature. 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 That starts with a K? (laughs) K-R-E-A-C-H-E-R. No, if you would have said it started with a C, (laughs) maybe. But But it's not a creature. It's a creature. Right. All right, you ready? Blue. Oh, damn it. Did you say Andy again? No. Is Andy going again? I think it's no. Okay, Josie. Okay. Unless right you, now. Sheila, do you think you should get this question? Probably not. 
I don't think he should. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, I I know he it. may. If I know, if I know this question, I'm going to yell it out. I don't care whose question it is. You do okay. that. Maybe that's how we should play. Next round, we'll do it that way. Okay. We'll what? buzz in. Buzz in. <laughs> All right. What time does the Hogwarts Express leave King's Cross Station on the first day of term? Oh, is it 10 a.m. sharp? Is that your final answer? No, 9, 9 a.m. <laughs> Andy, do you have a guess? <laughs> um, I like. I want to be like 9:45, but I feel like that's a completely wrong answer. Or like 12. I don't know. Do you say 9:45 because it's platform nine and three quarters, and that's yeah. what 9:45? That's exactly why I said it. Also, I, I feel like we just read these chapters. No, we actually haven't gotten there yet. Oh, then, I am not fi- then I'm not upset about missing this question. Okay. Are we ready? <laughs> 11 a.m. I almost said 11. Uh, we danced around every other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost said 11 because I'm like, it's right before lunch. That's why I said 10. That's all right. And then you went to oh. 9, and then I'm like, <laughs> wrong way, but... <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. All right, Andy. If you get this, I'm gonna. If you don't know the answer, I know I'm gonna yell out before you, so I can get twelve points. I'm just kidding. Twelve points. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Magical objects. Uh. I, I think you should. You you should get this one. Okay. Quit saying that because then it puts what more does Ron? What does Ron see when he looks into the mirror of Erised? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know what that is, and I actually just saw that scene or clip on TV the other day, but I don't know what he saw. Okay. Sorry, fandom. No, no guesses. You don't even guess. I feel like it would be like one of his brothers dying or something, but at the same time, like I don't think that's what it is. So. Well, no. that would be his desire. <laughs> What's his desire? What is Ron's desire? Oh, well, then I'm thinking of the opposite thing. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you were thinking <laughs> of maybe um, fears. Fears. Yeah, it was like the mirror that they had to look at the show. That like there was this one girl that saw like something floating down or something. You're thinking of um. Oh, that was you're thinking, in you're thinking of a Bogart. I just said Griswold. Um, <laughs> Wrong fandom. Wrong fandom. Uh, <laughs> it was the end. It was near the end of one of the um, Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, oh, an Obscurus. Maybe. You're. I think you're thinking of like a Bogart or something. Yeah. Where it shows their deepest fear. This is the mirror of Erised. Is the mirror that shows you your greatest desire. Oh, then that's why I had it completely wrong. Okay. Maybe yo. Well, now that you know that it's his greatest desire, do you want to make a guess? <laughs> Is it to be like a great Quidditch player? Kind of. Like I want to give it to him because that's part yeah, of it. That's part of that's, it. That's that's honestly like that's kind of why I don't like this question because I don't know how much detail it actually goes into. Yeah. Because he actually sees multiple things at one time. Yeah. But one yes. of them is with like. Quidditch. It deals with Quidditch, yeah. But deals with his time at Hogwarts, if that's a good hint. It's not. 
almost all of his siblings were this. And you become this in your seventh year. Yeah, at this point, I just feel like y'all are making it worse, so... How are we... For those of you who can't see this, which is all of you, they're all pointing at their head like that's supposed to mean something to me. Okay, are you a boy or a girl? Okay, is, you. This, is this not a gender-inclusive podcast? Andy! Are Think you about what you just said. We are pointing to our head, and then she asked you if you're a boy or a girl. Oh, at the top of his class, like head boy. <laughs> I kind of thought that's what it was before y'all started pointing at your head, but I was like, I don't know if that's a thing. No. You become a prefect in your sixth year, and then your seventh year. You're- one person and one one boy and one girl get picked to be the head boy and girl of the entire class. So, or school or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so... Do um, we know who that was when... It was Ron and Hermione. Okay. No, they were the prefix. They, they left before they were heads. They get a do. Yeah. That's what I was about to say with all the stuff that went down. Did they ever actually say who it was? In their seventh year? I can't remember. Well, neither the three of them didn't go to their seventh year because they were traveling. And they fight. never even started it. Yeah. Fun fact: after the um, Battle of Hogwarts, Hermione went back and completed her seventh year. Did the other two not? I thought no. they did. They didn't know. No. Right. Okay. Well, so Headboy and Captain, well, he's holding the Quidditch cup, and he was captain of the Quidditch team. I'll give it to you. You worked hard. No, because I was completely in the other direction with that other mirror. I don't deserve this one. I deserve like a quarter of a point, and that does not count. That does not round up. It rounds down. <laughs> I mean, I gave it to you, so. I just want, if we, were, if we went back and rolled this beautiful bean footage, we would realize <laughs> the majority of our points for me were by like, ah, we'll give it to you. <laughs> oh my gosh okay okay, okay. so Josie has three, 11 11 no you have 12 no yeah I told you I was going to take it so I could get 12 but 11 11 and Andy how ironic I have 11 points and the answer to not get me 12 was 11 mm-hmm I guess Andy's still at four because he won't take his. Guess I should have wished eleven eleven. Should have and eleven. That's right. All <laughs> Can right. you imagine if my wish? I just want both good trivia questions. <laughs> I just want to beat Andy. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm for already kicking his butt. <laughs> yeah, right. That was unnecessary. The so, record. guys, are we really excited for my book about anxiety? Let's do it. She um, has anxiety right now. I have anxiety all the time with you guys. Um, just kidding. So, I'm not going to explain right now why I really like this. I'm going to read it first and then talk about it. Okay. Um, but I am reading Tomorrow is Near, But Today is Here by Asaf Rosanis. I love the intro, the dedication to Mia, the passion, light, and power behind everything I do. 
Welcome, one and all. Let's meet our new friend. Her name is Maya, and she'll be with us till the end. She smiles, she grins, and like you, she is kind. She thinks about things with a positive mind. Yet, let's start from the beginning. When things were not this, instead of thinking she worried, and what a day she would miss. When Mia worried about stuff, time passed by in a zip. Kids playing, friends laughing, and she missed a field trip. As Mia worried about stuff, she missed out on new things, like playing new games or even what magic can bring. As Mia worried about stuff, time began to disappear. She missed an entire spring day, like she was not even here. Butterflies flew around her, a lion escaped from the zoo, wild monkeys danced with canes, and there was a unicorn, too. Although she was there, just under the tree, she was distracted by worry, which she could not even see. A cloud was shaped like a rocket. There were three bears that walked by. A man walked on a tightrope, and someone ate a whole pie. When she looked all around, she could see the day was now lost. She walked home feeling sad. Worrying came at a cost. That's what happens when you worry about things that could change. We miss all the wonderful things, even things that are strange. If you want to change something, just think about it this way. Why worry about it now when you can just do it today? Our time is precious, you see. We only get so much in a day. So why waste it with worry when you can read, paint, or play? Mia missed all of those things, and she felt so sad in the end. She did not play or have fun or even have time with friends. When she got ready for bed, she was still worried and sad, until her father came in and could see she felt bad. He leaned over and told her a marvelous thing, how to think about the good and what tomorrow might bring. Today may be over, yesterday is too late, and tomorrow will come, and you can make that day great. Keep your eyes open, keep your smile wide, keep your heart happy, and leave no worry inside. Don't worry about the bad things. Instead, focus on the good. Don't stress about what you don't know. Just think about what you should. Now, Mia, listen to me when you start to worry and scare. Just take in a deep breath and let it out into the air. Enjoy your time today. Enjoy your time right now. Everything will work out the way it's meant to somehow. Today creates tomorrow, so do the rest that you can do. Yesterday is past, and tomorrow is something new. Instead of worrying lots, just smile real wide. Focus on today, and you'll be happy inside. He kissed me a good night, and she curled up in her bed. She took a deep breath and thought of good things instead. Mia practiced right then and thought of happiness, too. And what do you know? What Dad said was true. So that is the story of Miss Mia, you see, who knows how to smile and think happily. She smiles, she grins, and like you, she is kind. And now we all know how to keep a positive mind.
the end. Real quick. So Asif Rosani's is, he actually wrote these for his daughter. And he made them interactive. Mm-hmm. And it says on the last page, so the story's done, but on the last page, or on one of the last pages, it says, me and dad sprinkled and scattered love all over this book. Were you able to notice and find all the heart shapes we scattered around? So they drew hearts and they put them all throughout the book. And then the next page is the spoiler alerts of where they you could find them all. So there's like on page five, on the curb beneath Mia and the dog, on grandma's pink dress. So they have them like scattered throughout. Right. And then they just talk about like things. If you liked it, you can actually get feedback. And um, he, they even asked like, got a cool idea for a new Mia and dad adventure. Don't be shy. We read every email. So they put an email in there and then they say thank you and they love love from both of them and then they actually give you scenes from the book in black and white where you can actually color um and they actually like what i love about it is we've so we've added a few of early book sketches just for you to color any way you like make the sky pink and the grass blue it's all up to you and so they encourage you to be like really creative with however you do it and they gave they give you like five pages to color nice cool and that's the book that's fun um so before we get into if you all liked it or not the reason why i thought of this actually was um i did take uh like a little weekend trip down to springfield to see uh one of my really close friends and her daughter is young. She's like five. And she, we were talking about how she gets like night tremors and mm-hmm. um, she gets like these really bad dreams she always has. And she, um, I don't know if they like taken her anywhere to get her diagnosed or anything like that. But like my friend, she's does a lot of like clinical psychology and like a bunch of stuff like that. And she's talked about how she has like forms of like anxiety and worry and stuff like that. And it just kind of got me thinking about it. And I was like, man, like if only you could like find out more stuff about that. And then I ended up finding some stuff and I actually Googled it and this popped up on Amazon. And then I um, didn't know if it was actually in a bookstore or not. Cause I was like, uh, so I went to Barnes and Noble and they actually have a lot of, he has like four books that I think in the Mia series oh, good. and they had a couple of the other ones and each book deals with like something different with Mia. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that is. But I like it cause it's like kind of like with the illustrations, they're realistic, but then it's also like Mia's child and she has like teal hair. Yeah. I kind of like it. Like, it's it's simple, straightforward illustrations that are somewhat realistic, but you can still... Yeah, they're cute, though. They're still cute. Your own. Yeah. So what well, did you guys think of it? I liked it. It had, like, kind of a nice cadence, and it definitely had, like, a good, a good concept that, you know, like we kind of talked about in the very, very beginning we as children didn't necessarily know how to deal with some of these things. Mm -hmm. And as an adult now, now that I know what anxiety is like, 
the things that I had my whole life growing up as a from a child to to now, you know, anxiety. Like I have an anxiety calling the doctor to make an appointment for my myself or or my son, you know, like I like have to like and I know that sounds so weird, but especially if you know me, but like to be like, okay, I have to telephone okay ready and push send and, and like now I, can, I have send before like if you before on just a landline it just goes straight through so, mm-hmm. so like I don't have that like pause of to push you know where before it just went straight through so like there's that stress all the time of like I don't know like I was gonna say something wrong or you know mm-hmm. I, it's such a weird worried that people would think I, I'd mess up or whatever I was worried I was gonna mess up and you know then I learned much later that that's a form of anxiety like I had no idea I just thought I stressed about something that I didn't need to stress about right I, I think that's what it is is yeah. the verbiage I think it's come a long way in terms of not being like oh this person's just cuckoo or something like that, because I feel like I've heard a lot more people use anxiety and know whether they're using it in the correct format or not. Who knows? But like my nephew has straight up anxiety with some things. Like he actually, when we were at the beach that I was talking about earlier, he actually ended up going to the emergency room oh, just no. because like something happened which triggered his anxiety, which made him not hungry, made him like queasy, and then like. All these other symptoms, which basically made my sister think, I'm not laughing because this is a serious thing that's happening right now. Um, think he had a brain amoeba eating thing from the lake. Because, and, but the thing is, is North Carolina just had yeah. somebody die from one in the past couple of weeks. So her total. So it, it's like a real thing. Legit thing. She was like, he's literally checking off at least four of these symptoms and she didn't want to be the mom that was like, I thought he was fine. And so she would have rather played it safe. Right. For sure. But, um, I don't know. I think back to some things like that where there were definitely times like when I would have to go to, um, I'm trying to think when I was little, like Christmas Eve was always like at my dad's house. Cause my um, parents were divorced and we were always supposed to be back at a certain time. He never made it back, took us back at the, the, the right time. And it was always a conversation. And I think this one time it was really late and like my stomach got knots where I ended up in the emergency room. Because like it was so intense and so much pain. And so I think like now, like I think they just called it stress stomach then. But if you think about it, that's probably. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, what it is. Well, that's what I like about. Like, we were talking about it before we actually started recording. We were talking about a bunch of different stuff. But, like, one of the things is that I like that's coming out about this conversation is all the different symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like growing up when we were young, people were, like, anxiety attack, panic attack. It was, like, the hyperventilating, like, the, like, flipping out, like, not being able to calm down and, like, yeah. uh, 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 like that. And so, like... I never considered myself somebody who had anxiety because I I never had that symptom. And I was always really calm and it was always just like, no, it's fine. And then like Sheila was talking about a video that I posted a couple of years ago on Facebook, but even our article that one of my cousins posted a couple of years ago, 
it was like nine symptoms that you have anxiety. And I had like seven of the nine and none of the symptoms were hyperventilating or yeah. anything like, like that wasn't even on the list of nine. Right. And it was literally like staring off into space, like having this constant fear of something like doing this or doing that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is me all of the time. Right. Afraid to and make a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the fear of making the next step. So the thing that I appreciated about this book, and honestly, because I found it online, you don't get to see anything in the book. And they didn't actually have a physical copy in the bookstore. I had to have it sent to me. So I didn't see it until like a couple days after I bought it when it actually got shipped to my house. So I really didn't know what to expect when I actually looked through it. But I like that they put it in very simple terms. I like that it was, like, worrying. And that it's, like, it's okay to worry. It's normal. But don't let it stop your day. Because I was always like that when I was younger. Where I would just have these, like, ear... Like, I'm still this way. But I would just have these irrational worries where... I It's not like I knew anybody that this happened to. Since Andy brought up like Christmas having this happen like for him like one thing that I always got super freaked out about around Christmas time is if one of my parents didn't come home it led into this whole thing of like what if something happens to like a light bulb on the Christmas tree and then everything burns down and everybody's not here Mm-hmm. Like it was right. never like, oh, we lose all of our stuff. It's like, what if this happens and we're all not together? Right. Well, for a really long time when I was younger, I would have this like weird regular dream. Every summer, same time of year, it always went July into August, usually around the time of like state fairs or fairs or whatever. And I would always have this dream as a kid where somebody would come into our house, like, I grew up in the country. I grew grew up also really close to the interstate that travels through, like, our state. Legit, you see all the cars there all the time. So, really young. My parents were never, like, you're going to die if something happens. Like, they were never like that. But they were also, like, very rational. They were not the people in the small town that left their doors unlocked and everything. It was, like, everything's always locked. You follow all this stuff. They did not care. We lived five miles out of town and nobody was around. We always locked everything because they, like, my dad was in shift work and not always home. And my mom had her job and wasn't always home. We always had really strict rules about when people knock on the door, like, if their cars broke down and stuff, asking to use the phone. And it was always very much like, you can't come in, don't answer the door, don't do whatever. So I would get this dream, like, every July and August where somebody would show up and they would have an axe and they would, like, chase us through our house <laughs> And it always went in the same way and it always led down into the basement. And we had a we had a door from our basement that led out into our garage. And it was like if you made it to the garage, you survived. There was always an earthquake that happened. So you would always have to jump over this crack in this foundation. And it was like sometimes all of us got out. Sometimes none of us got out. Sometimes there was only like a couple of us who did. And I would have this dream like all the time. And it was like every time of year and there was like there's not really any rational way to it and I've been like really stressed the last couple weeks and all weekend I was having dreams where like my family died dude that's crazy the the crazier part is that I too have had a dream like that 
where there was a recurring nightmare where it was I was open the front door and I got pushed behind it. We had like this is going to sound like I have a massive house and I absolutely do not, but it was just a larger front door. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I got pinned behind the front door and whoever came in, like started taking out the family, but I couldn't do anything because I was stuck behind the door. I had a reoccurring dream. It had nothing to do with murder. (laughs) It was was really weird. And you're not as broken as us, Sheila. No, I don't know. Once you hear about this, you're going to be good. That's pretty screwed up, Sheila. She was the killer. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. So it would be like white background, and then there's like this yellow or orangish cream-colored circle. And there was this beat. I don't know, heartbeat or something, but a beat. And the the circle is kind of going with the beat and then it kind of gets faster and more frantic or whatever and it's getting bigger and then like all of a sudden it's like splattered and oh. bloody and okay the, that's murder it's just a like, murder exploded and blood came out I, well i don't know if it was blood but like it was become red like like as a kid like i, I saw it was blood but you know it was red but, I mean, like, as a kid, I, I saw paint. Probably like, paint. I could see how like, you would say paint. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was having this as, like, a five-year-old or whatever. I don't know. Paint. Paint is paint, but apparently it's blood. I don't, I don't know how it splattered or Yeah. Stuff. But the thing is, is, like, I would have the recurring dream. I, and I used to have that up until, like, I was in high school, I think. But up and even up until, like, my 20s. I could always like when things got really stressful, I would have the the beat. Like and it wasn't like a real heartbeat feel. Right. Like it wasn't a bum 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 bum. It was just like this weird tempo beat that mm-hmm. like when I got stressed, I'm like, What the hell's going on? There's that thing and sometimes I would have the dream after I've been feeling the beat or before I've been feel before I felt it. But like I'd be during the day talking with Josie at Perkins or something and the beat would be there. So some would say the beat goes on. The beat. (laughs) I mean, the really (laughs) beat goes on. Yeah. I mean, my dreams have always been like super. (laughs) Yeah. My dreams have always been like indicative of like what's been going on around me like I have always been able to like kind of feel that stress although like I shouldn't say always I was in preschool when I had a dream that my parents laughed when my sisters died and I wouldn't go around my parents like by themselves and then my sisters like finally kind of got it out of me and even like my preschool teacher was like is she okay and my parents were like I don't know she's like just like she won't tell us she just said she's fine and like won't tell him anything which i'm still like that so i'm glad i was like that when i was four but they kind of got it out of me that it was like that and i remember like i still remember having that dream and i it was just like pieces of my life like being put together and I think it was just like my body like my mind trying to process what was going on because it was like a hallway in the hallway to get into the lunchroom in our grade school which I would not have gone to yet so I would have had to have seen the school when one of my sisters went there 
it was a ramp and they were both in like chairs that like rolled down and like hit the wall and my parents were kind of possessed and like well that was it they were possessed but like I didn't know that like now older I'm like oh they were probably like possessed or something but like in my dream all I knew was like something happened to my sisters and my parents laughed and so I just feel comfortable being around them and I'm still like that where my dreams get like super realistic like this last weekend when I was having the dreams about my family I was like really super stressed I couldn't sleep I've been like I can't sleep normally anyway I've just been like really super super stressed out and I had this dream and I couldn't sleep and I was also in a strange place because I was up in Milwaukee and it was so realistic that I felt like I like I woke up and I'm like okay I know that didn't happen like I'm in Milwaukee I know that didn't happen and I was able to kind of like reel myself back in but it was strong enough that I almost got up to check messages from my family to see if something like that actually happened Mm -hmm. and then when I got back I had the dream again but it was like one of my sisters survived and I woke like like shot up in my bed straight up I was like oh my gosh it happened again and it was so real it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was like okay that obviously was a dream like that didn't happen and I was able to talk myself out of it but when I went back to sleep it just put me right back into that same scenario but it was like months but it was like months later and my Mm -hmm. sister and I were still dealing with everything right but I know it had to do with, like, the stress of work because I was trying to, like, handle everything at work. At the same time, I was trying to handle all of this stuff. And for some reason, I didn't want anybody to know that my family died. Right. And so I was, like, trying to deal with everything in both worlds but, like, separately. Right. I've had um, dreams where I've I've woken up and I'm mad at Eric because he did something. And then, like, I stayed mad at him all day. Even though I, I knew, like, it, it was irrational to think that. Like, it was just a dream, but I was just mad at him. And he's like, what I do? I'm like, I don't know. What did you do in my dream? <laughs> I, the most ones I really have, which I don't know if this spurs from being robbed a couple times, but it's like, I will wake up and or I'll have, like, a realistic scenario of, like, someone being in the yeah. house. And... Like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I'll look and I'm like, okay, it's not real. And then I'll go back to bed. But it doesn't, it's not like years or late months later. It's like seconds later. It's like I never got out of the, the dream. Right. Oh, I've had some like that. Yeah, I don't I've like stuff that. like that. Or, she... which I think a lot of our listeners can attest to, <clears throat> are server dreams. Like, if I'm feeling oh stressed God. or something like that, like a server dream will pop up. Yeah. I hate them. I'm always in a field of some sort. And, like, the kitchen is, like, in another field. And I have, like, 40 <laughs> tables spread out in this field. <laughs> I hate work games. My, my server dreams that I have are always a mix of, like, the jungle and a... F- 50s cafe and the 50s cafe always there's always some like car booth or whatever but it's so funny to me because I've never worked in a in like a 50s diner that's funny but we but, had a lot of always, good times it's always in them we, we did have a lot of we had Johnny, a lot, J's. J- yeah. Johnny J's good times at Johnny J's I don't know it's just so interesting like I just wish 
Like, I've had dreams like that with people. Actually, Sheila bought me white sage for my birthday and sent it to me because of some of the crazy dreams I've had about people being in my house and, like, stuff like that. And I live in a studio apartment, so the one where I almost grabbed my knife to, like, stab the air or something was the one. Sheila's like, I'm buying you some white sage. (laughs) But she's not telling you she basically had something visiting her in her home. I mean, multiple times. Yeah, those were some creepy. I mean, I still have them, dreams. but I haven't done the white sage yet. But I still have, I still have those dreams too. <laughs> but I'm really psychotic. <laughs> but Kooky Sheila sent white sage, and I'm like, smudge your house, bitch. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's fine. They don't touch me, so I'm good. No, but I mean, like, it's just like one of those things where I saw a meme the other day where I just felt like. We're, like, as those, like, Oregon Trail generation kids, Andy will try to claim millennial when he's, like, on the very tip of it, but, um, technically I'm millennial, too, but, um. It's not claiming it, it just is what it is. Oregon Trail. I mean, but I don't really claim millennial. Mm. But, um. Well, they call it. But, like, being caught, like, we're in, like, this weird, like, generation, like. Yeah. Yeah. Where they talk about all the time, like, we still have the childhood without the technology, but we also have growing up with the technology. Right. Because we're, we're, like, at that weird juxtaposition of all of it. But I saw this meme in one of my Facebook groups yesterday, I think. It might have even been today. Where it was, like, baby boomer. Oh, like, whispers. Oh, no. You know, she had to go to therapy for that. And then it was, like, millennials, like laughing hysterically oh shoot you should you should hear what my therapist told me where it's like we're kind of like in that weird in between where it's like still really secretive to talk about a lot of this stuff but then at the same time it's Mm -hmm. also like everybody's so open about it and like everybody it's like everybody feels like they should go to therapy everybody feels like they should do all this stuff and I mean even when I was talking to one of my friends when I went to Springfield, we were talking about a lot of stuff and she was like, I think you should talk to your doctor about stuff. And I was like, yeah, I probably should. We probably all should. And, well, and I just had my physical and I did not talk to my doctor. Well, and there that's the other, that's the other thing. There's a, another well, I meme. Didn't, I or, didn't talk to my actual doctor though. It was like a nurse, nurse right. practitioner. So, But there's another meme or picture out there that says like, you know, why do we say it's healthy and okay for us to go get a physical every year? Why are we saying it's not okay to do the same thing for our mental health? Right. Seriously, every one of us, no matter who you are in life, what you do in life, how fabulous you think your life is, probably every one of us need to get some sort of mental health help. Some of us more than others. Totally. Yeah. But we all need it. And I think we're we're getting to this point in life where like we're starting to realize that we it is okay to have it and we need it for whatever. Right. And it's gonna and it's gonna ebb and flow. It all is gonna depend on what's going on in, in our life. Is it a little bit busier? Is it calm? You know, did something really bad happen? Did you lose somebody? You know, like all these things are gonna like it's gonna change from month to month, year to year. Where, like, you may not need to see somebody every week. Yeah. But there I mean, may be times where you need to see them twice a week, you know? Right. 
And I mean, that's one of the things that I really love about like a cup, actually quite a few of the podcasts that I listen to. One of the things that I really love about it is they, all of the hosts are so open about therapy and going to therapy. And it actually was like a big thing in the last couple of years where I'm like, maybe I should. But I do have to say that I had a really bad experience as a child with a therapist mm-hmm. and it was like really bad and it kind of really put me off of them. So even for me to be like, I was actually searching for a therapist and I reached out to like six different therapists and all of them fell through for various reasons. Like schedules didn't match up or they weren't taking new patients or like whatever. There was like a lot of different stuff, but I reached out to like six different ones and I still haven't been able to find one. And it was like, I remember telling Andy, I was like, I think I need to see a therapist. He was like, wow. He's like, I, that's really big for you to even say that. And it's not even because I, I think it's like a taboo subject. I tell my friends that they should go to therapy all the time. She does. (laughs) <laughs> I'm well, like you know what would really help you therapy because I think it'd really work out for you to go talk to this so I'm a huge advocate for it without being able to really practice it myself but my I favorite, yeah I, my experience was really yeah my favorite traumatizing. Right now are the ones where it's like it's like and the therapists are like now what do we say when we're having a hard day me at Descartes no like the therapist's <laughs> like no and you're like mm, but yes yeah yeah you're like oh so i am doing it wrong yeah those are really funny too yeah. i like all of those yeah what do we say when life gets you down it is what it is no <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of those popping up um yeah recently there's one that is about murder i can't remember what it is have you seen it it's no. something I can't, no. I'll have to I'll have to find it and send it to you guys and maybe even yeah. post it on our post it on our what, page. What do you but, say when you're getting murdered? Maybe I'll make it on a podcast. No, no, it was <laughs> that would be funny, but no. Um, but it was more like, what do you do when you're you're having a hard time or stressed, and then they're like, you go blah 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 blah, and the therapist is like, no. <laughs> I don't know it's actually really funny because like I mean as you guys all have experienced from this conversation I've been having weird murder dreams since I was like four um so one of my friends he always makes fun of me because I'll be like oh yeah I didn't sleep that well I had this like really weird dream and he's always like what serial killer documentary did you watch last night (laughs) I'm like no I don't fall asleep to those (laughs) I stay up and watch them why would I fall asleep? And to then that? I turn on Disney. Nope. We just stay up and watch another one. <laughs> I actually fall asleep to old sitcoms. I've been watching Cheers. <laughs> but I mean, so, it's, yeah, it's just like really interesting, like seeing how everything's like come out, like with therapy and being more open about it and being like everybody's so much more open about like having anxiety and needing help and needing to do all this stuff. And I really love the idea of having a children's book that doesn't come out and say you have anxiety, but is like, okay, you're worrying. So let's do this. Yeah, Yeah. this is normal. But you know what you need to do? Like if that happens, you just need to smile. Cause I mean, I said it at the very beginning of the show last, a couple Sundays ago, I literally stare 
stared off into space. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's nine o'clock at night. And I had like binged Orange is the New Black season six. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, I I guess I got to get ready for bed now. And I just literally missed a whole day. And it was like purposeful and accidental at the exact same time. Well, and it's also, it was kind of like, it showed how she was missing stuff because mm-hmm. of her, her and anxiety. And kind of going back to, like, Josie mentioned it a while ago, but she po- she posted on Facebook, like, two years ago this, I think it was a video about, like, nine symptoms of, or ten symptoms, whatever, symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And everybody commented on it. And I, part of my anxiety, I almost didn't post my comment. But here I am. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. So I'm like, own it, own it. And so I said, my anxiety almost made me not ask you to be my roommate at Bakai trip. And if I had not asked her to be my roommate at, B- at the Bakai trip, she and I wouldn't have probably been best friends. And we probably wouldn't be where we are today because of that. And I mean, I was absolutely terrified. Like, well, one, I was like, there's a couple people I didn't want to be my roommate. And r- roommates were hard to find. Let's just say that. Because there are already, like, these friend groups already really built in, that were built up and really strong within the theater department at the mm-hmm. time. And so you knew that, like, certain people were going to be. And so Doug, our D- Bakai leader, was like, Go find your roommates. And, like, everybody's, like, going and running. And I'm, like, run away from so-and-so. And <laughs> I'm, like, who can I ask? And I'm looking through the room. I'd only had one class with Josie at that point. And I see her, and she's, like, up in the corner with her friends laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm, like, oh, God, I hope she doesn't have a roommate yet. And I'm, like, hey, Josie, you want to be my roommate? And she's, like, yeah, sure. And, but, like, my anxiety was, like, she was going to be, like, no, I already have one. And then I was going to have to roommate with somebody else that I didn't really want to roommate with. And I did want to roommate with Josie. But it was just one of those things was, like, I really didn't know her that well. Yeah. You know, we really did not know each other that well our first Mm -mm. semester. No, not at all. Of school. So, like, it's just funny how, like, had I... Let my anxiety be, well, I'll just go the safe route and let the person I don't want to roommate with be my roommate. I wouldn't have found the friendship that I have. Like, we wouldn't, you know, like, I took that step and here we are. And it's one of, like, the best things that I did, but it was absolutely scary. And you'd think that it wouldn't be scary for a theater major, but it was. I get that. And Josie, if I wouldn't have texted you and told you that if you don't reply to me, I'm no longer going to be your friends, where would you be? (laughs) What? Um, First of all, it's actually really funny because if, if I think about both of you, it was like Sheila had that experience. And I actually shared my side of that with Sheila. Like, I have this, like, weird complex where I'm, like, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Mm. So I probably absolutely was with that group of people, like, laughing. But then as soon as, like, Doug was, like, go find a partner, inside of myself, I was, like, 
oh my gosh, nobody's going to want a room with me. And I went on and I had my own anxiety of it where I was just like, okay, like nobody's going to want a room with me or ask me because I really had a hard first semester, like just meeting people and stuff. And it was the first time where I've ever had to meet people. So it was just like really weird to be like on the other side of it and realize like Sheila told me that, but I just told Sheila tonight when we were reminiscing about my side of it. I never told her my side of it, but I I had um, no idea that Josie would how I didn't know that she was feeling how she was feeling her first semester and even her first half semester of uh, our, our second semester of school. Yeah. I, yeah, I was very much in a weird position where I actually had to like, make friends and like do certain things and not just be put in a scenario where I already have a group of established people. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause even like in high school, like we did all state marching band. I had my group of people in my hometown that I went with and right. some of my best friends that I hung out with all the time. So I already had that, you know, but um, even like Andy though, like we literally like, I don't think, I think Andy and I would have still like been friends and I think we still would have talked, but I don't think we would have ever became the friends that we did if we like it, like we met for an opening for a company that we both used to work with. We became national trainers and we met down in San Antonio, Texas and Andy was from Tennessee and I was from like Illinois, like Nashville and Chicago and everybody literally there was a huge group of us that met at the airport. We were like one of the first groups that was actually coming in that day. Cause it was a whole travel day. And we were part of the first group of like 15 people. There were a couple of managers that came up with their cars and literally everybody jammed into them. And they're like, we're going, we're going, we're going. And Andy and I probably in our own social awkwardness of like being in a new situation, we're like, I'm not trying to be a part of any of that. And we <laughs> ended up staying behind we were the only two only and we were the only two that didn't fit and we were like is it okay if we just wait for the next one because we're not about to get into the situation and like the cars drove off and the guy who ended up hiring us who's also a really good friend to both of us um brian like the three of us were literally standing there like in the entrance of baggage claim at the San Antonio <laughs> airport. And I just remember like looking an at hour. Andy. Yeah, we were there for an wow. hour because they had the two cars of two managers picking everybody up because they hadn't rented the passenger vans yet. And so they had to take them away and then like come back and get us. It literally was like Andy and I just kind of looking at each other and it was, I was just like, well, I'm Josie. I'm from Chicago. And he's like, I'm Andy. I'm from Nashville. And it was like, we, I don't even know what we talked about that hour. It was like, for, it, but was it was forced conversation, but it was it wasn't forced, but it was very much like, okay, we are clearly trying, like, trying to, like, not be weirdos, but, like, be ourselves, and then we finally got to the hotel, everybody, like, nobody went and got lunch or anything without us, one, because we didn't know where to go or what we could do, Mm -hmm. and then finally, Brian was like, okay, well, you guys can walk down here, go in this restaurant, let them know that you guys are part of the national training team, they'll take care of you guys and we were like okay and again Andy and I like everybody kind of already had established groups and there was a lot of people who had worked on a previous opening together who knew each other so Andy and I like 
ended up at this table and I just remember Andy getting the seafood salad and he just looked at me because <laughs> there were claws, there were crab claws in it that had like the meat in it and stuff but we weren't expecting that and Andy just looked at me and he was like I I don't know how we're supposed to eat this like do you eat the claws and I was like I don't know and I just looked at him and I was like I don't think I'm fancy enough to eat in this restaurant and he was like like, I know I'm not and it literally was like right then and there like if the deal had not been sealed before we got to the hotel like that that launch like sealed the deal and we would even go away from each other and try to like meet other people and we would always end up together and the three weeks like he left on three weeks and Andy and I like I'm totally gonna call us both out right now Andy and I like the night we were drunkenly like leaving the next day it was like so bad and like all like both of us were just crying and Andy and I just (laughs) cried and be like we just met each other why are we crying that we're leaving and I was like I don't know but then like Andy left the next day and it was seriously like people who were still behind on the team by that point we'd all worked together for three weeks in this really intense situation that all of us like knew each other well enough to like hold conversations and hang out and like get along and do all this stuff and I remember so many people just coming up to me and they were like are you gonna be okay that Andy's gone and I was like yeah why wouldn't I be and they were like no but like for real and then Brian Brian was like saying the same thing and one of our other close friends there was like the four of us like Brian Andy Meredith and I were like really close and even Meredith was like yeah I'm gonna miss him too and like it was just this whole thing and I remember Andy sent me this video of him singing with a new haircut and I didn't realize it was a song in the video (laughs) it was like him singing it it was like so loud at like seven o'clock in the morning in the passenger van everybody getting to work and I just remember (laughs) Brian going is that Andy singing and I was like yeah (laughs) it was just like I mean, like, literally, like, Brian and Andy's conversation, like, our friendship, we've been friends for 13 years now, almost 14 years. It's crazy. And our, and actually probably 14 years, and our whole, like, the majority of our friendship has been over the phone because we've always lived in different cities. Right. So it's just so funny to think about, like, where your, like, what your anxiety holds you back. And it's like... There's just something that pushes you forward, and you're like, all right, we're in this now. Yeah, do it. The funny thing is if anyone meets probably any of us, because, you know, depending on the scenario, what's going on, I think all of us will probably step up to the occasion very well. We try, yeah, for sure. I tell people I'm shy, and they're like, the hell you are. And I'm like, no, I like am debilitatingly shy sometimes. And I was like, but I think it's really more the anxiety portion. Like I'm not full on shy. It's just like it's almost occasionally it feels like there's just like a wall stopping me from actually like being able to do it. And if I don't push through it, then it's just I people yeah. have seen me shut down and it's just weird. No, I get it. People think they're like, Oh, you're so outgoing, but like if I'm kind of like been invited to a party but I don't know anybody but like one or two people like I kind of I don't shut down but I sit back and I watch until I find people that I feel like I know I can be comfortable with and sometimes I never even find them just because parties aren't really my it's funny parties really aren't my thing but 
I throw a damn good reunion. Let's just say that. <laughs> I just love how people are just like, just go out, just go out to dinner by yourself and stuff like that, which talk about anxiety. That's hard. Me eating dinner by myself is a huge barrier that I can only overcome in another city. In my city, it's ridiculous. But um, no, they do that and people are like, yeah, just go out and meet people. It's not I- as easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, people are like, mm-hmm. Joe, you'll be like, yeah, you know, I sat at the bar, I talked to this person, um, you know, da 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 we exchanged numbers, not always in, like, a sexual way, but, like, she'll be like, yeah, you know, I think they're really cool, and I'll be like, yeah, I went to dinner last night, too, no one spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you, like, it honestly goes back, like, I feel all of that stuff, but then it's literally, like, fight or flight. Yeah. And it's... Because I was just put in a situation last week where with a concierge uh, group that we work with for my restaurant that I, I work for, we went to a Sox game and we were in a suite and you kind of have to schmooze a little bit because it's the concierge and you have to like kind of be like, okay, yeah. And I literally met like the head of the concierge program and it was his tickets for the suite and... I, of course, showed up in the opponent's jersey or, like, uh, fandom or whatever because I will not wear white sock stuff. And I'm a huge Twins fan, did, and they were playing the Twins. You, did you wear your socks? No. Tattoos? Damn it, Josie. No. Damn it. Damn I it. couldn't. I couldn't. They were playing the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Look, if they weren't playing the Twins, I would have done it. And I would have. I would have gone in there. I would have been like, okay, I'm here. But they were playing the Twins, and I grew up loving the Twins. My grandfather was a huge Twins fan. My very first glove was a Kirby Puckett glove. Okay. And so just, I had to show to up. Just give and- everybody a thing. I don't, because I don't remember if you posted it on our Facebook page. I gave Josie, so Josie's doing this bet for <laughs> something. She has to wear white sock stuff like once a month. I sent her white sock tattoos that I said she would help be- her really funny they'd be really funny and very helpful for the rest of her her bet that she has to yeah my friend my friend who I have the bet going with I sent him the note that Sheila wrote and he was like dang and she put it on a Harry Potter (laughs) post-it he's like that's cold I was like it's a good thing she's my best friend (laughs) does he want to be I could think she's like a sister at this point. It's like we can't even call her friends. She's my sister, so it's a good thing. No, but like I like when I I literally met the president and I'm the only person out of almost 20 people in this entire suite that has twin stuff on. Everybody else is like dressed nice from their day at work or wearing black or wearing white socks. And I was like, oh, so it's nice to put a, a face to the name. And he's like, yeah. And he was like, oh, twins? I was like, yep, what can I say? I'm a twins fan. Like, I, I grew up that way. And we kind of started talking about Kirby Puckett. And he was like, well, that's a reason to do it. And by the end of it, I was like, I found out he's, like, going up to Minnesota this week for a concierge event. And I was like, do you want to borrow my shirt so you fit in so you're with the right <laughs> team? And I was, like, totally, like, jabbing him. And I was like... This is so insane. I literally have ne- never met this person, but I just like 
went for it. And my two friends that I was there with, my coworkers, they were just kind of staring at me. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Twins are the best. And like, we were hitting home runs and I'm like clapping. And they're like, Josie, you're going to get just kicked out. And I was like, yeah, the twins. Were, and they were like, what is wrong with you? And it was just like, I kind of go like, I almost feel like I overcompensate when I'm put in those moments where it's like, I'm that really schmoozy person where it's like, and I already know I get along with people, so I don't know why I do that. But it's like, I want people to like, it's part of my neuroses where I'm like, I want people to think I'm a nice person or whatever. So I kind of try to overcompensate for it. I do the same thing when someone tells me I'm funny. I can consciously clock myself trying to be funnier. <laughs> and I'm like, because it goes from just me being normal to me being like, like, I'll have to be like, just step back. So yeah. but, yeah. I have an anxiety story about Andy. Long, long time ago. I'm going through some <laughs> stuff. I call Josie or Josie calls me and we're talking on the phone. And I knew somebody was living with her and Jen, but I didn't know who. And we were on the phone for like three or four hours. And all of a sudden I hear this voice go, I thought we were going to Target. <laughs> and I was like, being the Hufflepuff, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know you needed to go to Target. Go to Target. And Josie's like, no, it's okay. And he's like, it's fine. And so for years, up until probably this past year, prior to us starting the podcast, just prior to us, like maybe three or four months starting the podcast, I thought Andy hated me because... <laughs> I like I shouldn't laugh so hard, but I just know this whole story, so it makes me laugh. It, like he just sounded so irritated that like Josie promised to take him to Target and they didn't go, and then I felt bad that I ruined his plans. And I, I mean, it was late. I don't know what time it was, but it was already late. And I mean, I, Target was still open, so it was okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we still went to Target. Yeah. <laughs> But I thought well, Andy didn't like I will me for say, the longest time because of that. I do barely remember that. Like, I actually have a memory of that. First of all, generally speaking, I won't have a memory of anything, so I wasn't thinking anything <laughs> about that. But I do remember that. But if you heard anything, that was just a hard time for me, and that had absolutely nothing Right, no. And Josie mentioned it later, like, that you were going through some things but, and that's also, I think she ever said, you were going through some things, maybe. I was like, yeah, because I remember, like, Sheila asked me, like, it was, like, the next week or, like, a couple days later or a week later. Sheila was like, I'm really sorry if your friend's mad or upset. I was like, oh, no, he wasn't upset. He wasn't mad. I probably made some joke about he's Southern, and that's just how he sounds. <laughs> I mean. So I guess we're not going to Target. I was still, like, yeah, he was just like, I guess. Yeah, he was just like, I guess we're not going to Target. Like, he was just totally, like, <laughs> sad and defeated. And then, like, I felt like crap because I ruined his, like, night out at Target or something. <laughs> the night out at Target. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it was just one of those things for, like, years. I was like, I'm pretty sure Andy hates me because they didn't go to Target that one time. Yeah, that was at least, like, ten years ago. Yeah, I think that was, like, uh, 2011. It was 2010. Yeah, it was 2010. Yeah. It was, like, nine years ago. 
the only reason I know that people is because the flood that came through Nashville that caused me to oh, lose my job and couch surf on. So the reason I thought it, I thought it was when I was living in North Carolina. Well, maybe I was in North Carolina because I was in North Carolina in 2010, but I thought it was in 2011. And maybe it was 10. It was towards the end of it. So. Yeah. We were still on in Buena, so it was that summer. Okay, so I was I was living by myself because my husband was up in Virginia. Yeah. You by yourself having a hard time, and all I wanted to do was go to Target. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, to be and fair, Josie's like, like... I was going to say, but to be fair, Josie's like, I'm going to call you. She never calls you, never calls you, or at least me. And then I call her, and then we sit on the phone for three hours. I mean, it sounds like you guys talk, like, every day, so... No, we don't. We don't. So, uh, I, we talked about a lot of stuff. You've learned a lot of stuff about us. Check us out on all of our handles. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and you can email us anytime. And thanks for reading with us. And go crack a book open. Bye. Bye. Bye.